All right, everybody, we are back. We are back. We are back. And glad to be here because we've been busy. We've been busy. Listen, life was just kicking our asses. It was. So if you don't know, this is Megasheen, and this is our weekly podcast where we talk about trash, geekdom, and race, and life, and everything you can think of. We put it. Right. And, and that too and we put that all in this wonderful podcast for y'all and as Nick was saying it has been a week for those of us especially for those with our jobs because our jobs have been demanding boy my gosh jobs and then extracurricular activities yeah. trying to help people out I'm like ooh honey it's a lot but you know I can't complain I'm glad to be working I'm glad to, I just got a raise today so I'm excited all right, money bag. Yes, okay. you know, you know, when you get a raise, first they come in your office like you done something, like you know they always come in and shut the door, You'd be like, oh lord, what did I do? <laughs> and then it's like, no, we gotta tell you about your raise. So I was happy about that because I'm I'm gonna be gone next week, because um, I will be gone for the next two weeks. I will be in Portland and then I'll be in Seattle, but that will not stop the show. We'll still be doing the show still. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. So. How are you, Nick? What's, what else is going on in your life? Well, let's see. Um, nothing much really here. I'm trying to get. I'm getting ready for my vacation come next month. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm turning the big three zero, and I'm going to party in Las Vegas. Uh-oh. So I'm, I'm feeling my vacation. You know, I'm feeling like brand new money come November. Yes. Vegas is a place where you well, if you want to celebrate, that's what Vegas is for. It's all about some celebration. You know I'm Trust. ready to party. Yes, and this and we need all of us need a break because it has been crazy, especially with this election, all this foolishness coming down the pike. Uh, Let me tell y'all. Uh, now I don't know if she really had anything to do with all this. But let it be known that Hillary Clinton is a gangster. She is a ninja gangster because if she did all of this fallout with Trump and these sexual assaults then I have to give her all all tens across the board because that's some Shonda Rhimes level type of of, of, of stuff right <laughs> it's, right it's they're giving her a lot though I'm like she did all that y'all and was still the Secretary of State and was still uh, dealing with Bill Clinton's uh, crazy ass yes like come on now but I think it's really funny, though, because when you look at it, you know, when they had that second debate, you know, he brought out the women that accused Bill Clinton and, you know, had them on, had had a Facebook Live, you know, special with them on there with press, a press conference and all that stuff. But the funny thing about the women he brought out now, I'm not I'm not here to say that, you know, a woman is making stuff up. I'm not saying that at all. But it was interesting he brought out those particular women because if you break down their story, you you can't help but the side eye. For example, Joanna, one of them's name is Joanna, and she said she was the one who said that um, Bill Clinton raped her. Um, but however, the press was cute because they were like, well, Joanna, that's, that's great and all, but didn't you sign an affidavit saying that he didn't do anything to you? at all did you sign that because i was like thinking yeah did you sign that and if you google it you can see it <laughs> and i'm like so you are you lying right now because you kind of lied under oath then if you sign an affidavit last time i checked but and then the paula jones she accepted all that money and then uh-huh. i'm like saying 
I understand, yes, sexual assault is no joke. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more later in, in the podcast. But I just think it's interesting that the minute you bring out women on there, it's all, you know, it's all good. But now here come the women against you. And now they they lying. I'm like, okay, so right. you do all and that. Why does it have to be so many women to come out against, to have some kind of story to mm-hmm. say, oh, now we believe you. You know, it's just that mentality that has plagued us, especially the male culture that, mm-hmm. oh, if a woman says that she was raped, then we don't believe her. She mm-hmm. has to prove that she's been raped. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what kind of bullshit is that? That's you know, true. if my sister came to me and say, said, Nick, I was raped or I was sexually assaulted. First of all, I'm asking you, are you okay? Second of all, I'm rolling out to who did it. Yeah. Like six deep, at least. Yeah. And we gonna ride out on somebody. And not only... So I don't yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying, not only that, it's just, also, there is no timetable when a woman needs to say when this happened. Because all we've been hearing this week is, well, they should have said something back then. Why are they waiting 20, 30 years? Like, that, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It's because of this culture and the way that y'all are attacking these women for saying something. That's why they take a while to say these things. Quit attacking them. Give them the safe space to, you know, tell their truth and tell what happened. And that's what it is. I think I just just find it so fascinating that here he was trying to talk about how Bill Clinton is a rapist and he did all this stuff. Now the tables will turn and now he feels, you know, the opposite. And I'm like, no, you you open this door and people are coming on through. You should have been ready for that. So, oh, Lord, Lord, sorry, not sorry. I know. So Trump, but you know what? I'm happy because this is kind of, we're seeing the downfall and finally we're seeing the downfall. So it's more, it's like a spiral. I know. Yeah, and this, down hard. It is. And it's up to what? 14 women. We got more coming. We had a press conference today and they had Gloria Alred. And y'all know this woman. <laughs> Already. <laughs> you don't want it from her. You don't want it from her and you can hate on her all you want, but she wins some cases. Anytime she's sitting right next to you holding your hand, that means you about to win somebody's case. So, I, don't want, I don't want to pay her retainer. I do not. So, anyway. we got some, That was some of the tea. We just put some sugar in the tea, but now we're about to get started with Aunt May's tea because we have a lot up in this tea this week. So we'll get into, let's get into this cute part about Midnighter and Apollo. Now, Midnighter and Apollo are are two gay characters that were in the DC Universe way back in, the, I would say, the early 2000s. That's when I got to notice them. They were in a comic um, that I, I was kind of reading and not really reading, but they were part of a superhero team at the time. And, um, you know, every, and they kind of, you know, they were together and then they kind of went on their own. And then Night, uh, Night Midnighter had his own comic um, by um, Stephen Orlando that was done by DC, which was great. He made a lot of jokes towards the original Robin, who's Dick Grayson, about how cute his butt is and everything else. But now there's a new miniseries with this couple and the comic is really good. I got a chance to check out some parts of the comic and I thought it was really good so I'm happy that you know DC has given us gay couple love you know superheroes they doing it so I'm really happy for that um, I don't know if you've heard about this couple but I, you know they're an interesting couple to read about I actually I haven't um, so this is honestly the first time I've heard about them um, but I like that 
first of all, they're gay, openly gay, mm-hmm. and they're a power couple, because you know I love me a power couple now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very much interested to see where they go with their, for their story. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be pretty cute. They even brought back another gay character with the Strongjaw. I'm saying it wrong, so y'all y'all just shoot me with arrows on this one. But um, he was a character way back um, in the comics where he was a... People didn't like the Strongjaw. I'm saying it wrong, so I apologize. But they didn't like him because he was too flamboyant at the time. He came out around the same time as um, Northstar came out in, in Marvel. And he was very flamboyant. Supposedly, he caught this version of AIDS or something like that, and he died. But he came back, and so he's oh, in this Jesus. newest. He's in this newest um, um, comic where he's kind of a villain. So I'm curious to see where he needs to go. So I'm going to go back to some old issues where he was introduced and read some of those, and you know, so I can be more familiar with him. I do remember him, but I remember how people did not like him. They thought he was too stereotypical. But, you know, you know, this is a new chapter in DC. This is the rebirth. So they may put some more, you know, some oomph in this character. So I'm excited to see that. Right. Now, was that character that you were talking about, was he was uh, DC? He was DC. Um, he, he was a part of this um, interesting group. Um, they were like New Guardians or something like that. And... They were interesting because they all different types of powers, different types of stuff. Um, he, how do I, he was kind of, like I said, I, I really need to check more about him, but he was kind of eccentric and he wore these cloaks and he talked, he said, honey, like he would say things like, honey, don't do this and that and sex ain't worth it and this man ain't this. Like it was, it was interesting how he was introduced. So I know, um, you know, people again was not fans of him, and now he is, um, he's back, and I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna really do him right again. This is um, Stephen Orlando, who has written a lot of great. He's a gay person himself, and he's also wrote plenty of comics where he knows what he's doing. So I, I'm fine with that. I am fine with him coming back, and um, let's see if they can make him an interesting character, a little bit more than what he was. He had an interesting name. His name was Giorgio de la Vega. <laughs> which, I'm right for that name. I know, but that's like the perfect drag name. <laughs> and, and, he was a, and again, yes, he was a part of the New Guardians back in 1988. So you want to dig up some old comics, people, get some New Guardians, check it out. You know, um, it was during the Millennium stage of DC, which was kind of boring. But I do remember that. It was kind of boring. So if you want to check it out, Astronjo, see what he was all about. Awesome. That's pretty cool. And speaking of gay characters or mm-hmm. queer characters, mm-hmm. so last month, uh, DC Comics creator Greg Rucka, he did an interview with a comic society, Comicosity, mm-hmm. and he basically said that Wonder Woman was queer, that she had relationships with uh, the same gender um, in a past time. And, oh, you would have thought that you said that the world was flat that folks were all up in arms like oh why why is wonder woman queer why is she gay i'm like okay she land she lived on a an island that was full of women so not once did you think that she was going to have some kind of same sex sexual encounter number one number two 
I mean, I wasn't big. I've never read a Wonder Woman comic, but it was explained to me online that a lot of the subtext that uh, was written indicated that, that she was queer. Mm-hmm. And I think even uh, Gail Simone mentioned that she wasn't straight. So, yeah. again, I come to the conclusion, why are you all so upset that this woman came out as non... Well, she did. She came out as not straight. Yeah, I, I think it's totally fine. It makes sense. Um, and it's been alluded that um, her mother was also queer because it was alluded that her and Philippus was having relationships um and back in the day and it, back in the the second the second version of Wonder Woman there's been three, many versions but during the George Perez version there was you know some some little you know trinkets of uh information that maybe her and Philippus was together um her mother so um I, you know it, it makes sense to me I these are Amazons. That's been known in their history. For all histories of all Amazons, they've all been somewhat queer. <clears throat> so why wouldn't she be? Why wouldn't she be this way? Why does she have to come out? Like, you think about it. When she met Steve, like, oh, my God, I love men. We that I mean, that was when this when her whole history was made was in the early 40s. And so, therefore, of course, she's, they're not going to really touch on that. They're going to touch on her meeting a man and how she, you know, fall in love with a man. But, no, this is totally different, and I welcome this. So, you know, you fanboys who are crying about this, just <laughs> just stop. It's, you may as well just give it up. And, plus, you know, give it up to Greg because Greg made sure that this was clear, um, and it's okay. It's okay. So, y- y'all live. You will live with this. Right. And it wasn't, I mean, to be completely completely honest wonder woman is not a real character she is fictional so let's just stop it right there this bitch ain't even real so before you get all up in arms let's you know come back down to reality it's a comic book yeah but you know how it is they can't you changing their world you're hurting their feelings so but yes you know i'm like get a life Go get a fucking life. That's right. Wonder Woman is queer. Get used to it. She's here. She's queer. And she had a lasso. So just have to get used to it. And the neat thing. she will beat your ass. She would. She will. And the neat thing was Gal Gadot. um, They asked her, the woman who's playing Wonder Woman in the movie, they asked her and she said, well, we're not touching on that in the storyline, but I'm cool with it. You know? And she was like, I'm cool with it. Um, She said, it's not touched on in the movie, but again, she's cool with it. I mean, why not? So, hey, I mean, Nobody's hurt but y'all, so y'all need to get over it. We're good with it, so. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool that in the Justice League that Wonder Woman and uh, Aquaman's wife kind of had a fling? I think that would be oh, gag-worthy. That, Lord, that, that would be... That's, <laughs> that's, 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 a, that's one of them Empire storylines right there. <laughs> But we done something before. I'm like, oh lord, all right. <laughs> they 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 kind of had a story like that in Empire. I don't watch Empire, but I remember they had a lesbian in it for two seconds. And Anika. Oh yeah, Naomi Campbell was uh, a lesbian. Oh lord, everybody's then. Le- but I thought it was like a white woman who was. Yeah, her uh, her partner was white. Lord, okay. Well. Good child. It was. It was so messy. I think Empire kind of wanted to be like Dynasty. But with a hip hop head, you can't do that. There will never be. There will never be another dynasty. There will never. Never. 
All right, so then Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Okay, well, okay. So Iron Fist, we knew that was coming. That was that we knew that was going to be one of the next Netflix shows coming out. And so over the past weekend in New York Comic Con, they released the trailer and they also, you know, introduced um, Danny with the Defenders. And so, you know, it was all out there. But, you know, a lot of people are not happy because this was the opportunity for Marvel Marvel to actually get it right and actually have an Asian-American to play Danny. Um, Now, Iron Fist was made in 19, I think in 1975. So... That was back when tropes were allowed to be as tropey as hell and also as stereotypes and all types of bad things that we now, you know, we, we drag out now, we, now that we drag out. But the funny thing was about this was, you know, we thought that they may change it, but they didn't. You know, they kept Danny White. And, you know, a lot of us were not really pleased with that. So we wanted to see an Asian person play this role. Now, Marvel is like we want to kind of we're telling a different story, but we also will explain this. And the actor, Finn Jones, who's also was Loris in um, Game of Thrones, he's like, you know, before you pass judgment, please watch the show. You know, watch it and see what you think. Um, he understands that, you know, in the 70s it was different. Um, but, um, you know, they're going to touch on that. They have a very diverse cast, and, you know, they're really excited about it. And a part of me is like, you know, I, I hear you. I'm going to give it a shot. But after seeing Peter Tan, no, T- Peter Tam, what was his name? No, Louis Tan. Yeah, Louis Tan. After seeing his audition video, well, first of all, let's just keep it real. Let's get into Louis for a second. Okay, Louis, okay, you know what, Louis? You can't be looking <laughs> like this and looking just. Oh my God, he he is a sexy man, y'all. If y'all have not seen Louis Tam, y'all better get your butts on this internet right now. Get on, uh, what? Uh, I said grinder. Get on. <laughs> you see where my mind is going? Get on. Right. Um, Google. Look this man up because he is tasty. I don't want to objectify him, but I am. And um, he Listen, is tasty. You know the amount of work I would have put on him. You know what? Let's yeah, just keep it hundred. We yeah, grown. We are grown. We're keeping it real. But, you know, he's also very talented. Let's not forget that. He's very talented. And he um, had a great action shoot that, you know, that you watch him do his work. He's been doing, he's been practicing the art for so long. And, oh, my goodness, he knows what he's doing. He looks great doing it. And I think he even mentioned that he, he went after the role. But he mm-hmm. ended up getting the role of the villain. Yeah, he could. And then, uh, uh, Jake Choi, uh, Uh, he's he's another good looking uh, Asian Bay. He should have been cast as the villain. There are so many. (sighs) Let me just stop for a second and do a thirst shout out. There are so many good looking Asian actors out there that Mm -hmm. I would not mind, you know, having a little taste. Of the buffet, yeah. If you know what I mean, yeah. But going on back on topic, <laughs> I think Lewis should have been cast as Danny, and then Jake cast as one of the villains, and then hell, 
hell, even put uh, John Chu in there. Yeah. I mean, let's, like, if we're trying to be representative of an Asian population, then let's put as, let's make it that, you know, just like they did for Luke Cage, where mm-hmm. Harlem was, even though it's been gentrified, let's keep it 100. Harlem is still very much black. Yeah. So let's show the same representation of the Asian population. What is it? It's set in New York, right? I I want to say it is yes because they all well all in that area so yeah. Oh, so let's show another side of New York since it's such a diverse city. Mm-hmm. Let's show a lot of the Asian population mm-hmm. some love. Yeah, and you know as you mentioned before, it it, it they could have done this this particular way and and also it's nice to really have Asian actors in the forefront because as you know you know. Hollywood looks at don't look at Asian actors as attractive or leading characters, and they can uh-huh. be. There's and again, there's too many attractive Asian men out there. Like I said, Lewis. Oh my God, those lips alone. But anyway, he's very talented, and we 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 think that he should he could have been the lead, or somebody could have been the lead. They could have changed this this horrible you know fish out of water story, um, because again, yes, it was set in the seventies where it was always neat to have the white character who's coming in the world and he's the chosen one of any particular race situation <laughs> and he's right. able to you know infiltrate any culture and be you know the man of the hour and we, we we can let that go and we could like he knows our changed. culture better like he knows the culture better than the, the people who were born into it yeah like, and i didn't like we that yeah i wasn't a big fan of the trailer when they said he's the chosen one but again we haven't seen it so I'm sure we're gonna watch it, and I'm sure people are gonna have plenty to say. But I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to Finn. I'm gonna actually watch it, um, and I'm going to have my judgments. But I'm gonna watch it first. But what I do want is for everybody to quit trying to come at us for wanting that. There's nothing wrong with us wanting to have an Asian American character or Asian character playing. Um, Iron Fist. There's nothing wrong with that. And then you had folks coming out of the woodwork. You know how it is. You get these. You get these um dude bros coming out there talking about he's been white for forty years. You just can't come and take every white man away from us. You can't do all that. And I'm like, girl, we can take we can do what we wanna do, but at the end of the day, um, we're gonna we're gonna see what this is all about. And Let's then, be honest, they've been taken for how many how many uh decades? Well, that's, that's been true, because we will never forget the fact that they had a white jubilee. We will never let that go. I won't let that go. If y'all didn't know about that, Generation X had a TV, had a TV movie on Fox, and they had a white Jubilee. Jubilee is all Asian, or I think she's Jubilation a, Lee. Yeah. So she's Chinese American. Yeah, so, um, and I was thinking she's a. I think she was. Somebody said she was probably half, but even so, you had a white girl play her. So I'm just saying, you had a white girl player. Why can't we do something different? So. We'll 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 wait and see how this goes. Um, um, but I wish Marvel would have had a little bit more balls and just kind of went ahead and cast him as Asian. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about him. <laughs> Birth of a Nation. Oh Lord! Drop what last weekend? It did it. <laughs> did it drop already? <laughs> it dropped and. It dropped. To their standards, it put. It made a big foot. Yes. Uh, so, if you didn't know, well, I don't know where you've been. Birth of a Nation is stars Nat 
well, Nate Parker, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a depiction of Nat Turner and the slave rebellion uh, during his time. So when it was initially uh, released at Sundance, it was the highest grossing film. I think it made like, what, 17 million? I guess. Something, some, a crazy amount of money at <laughs> Sundance. And it got picked up by Searchlight, Fox Searchlight. Yeah. Uh, then it was released that Nate had these rape allegations and he went on this press circuit. I, I didn't watch any of it because I had to medicate. I had to self-medicate myself. You know, I couldn't deal with all of that shenanigans. And according to these this press circuit that he was doing, he seemed, he didn't seem like he was sincere in apologizing. Um, and then when the movie was released, it only made like $7.1 million. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. But then... Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. Well, then folks, especially these Hotep-ass Ashley Larrys, started saying, oh... Well, the reason why Earth of a Nation flopped is because of black women. I'm like, how did we get two plus two equals purple? Not only that, but they also said that the black women teamed up with the white supremacists. (laughs) What? Yeah, they said, like, you know, white supremacists and and black women got together or black feminists got together. And they are the reason why this flopped. And I was sitting there like, you know, the Internet was burning with all this foolishness. And I was like, no, no, we're not doing that today. We're not doing that today at all. Now, here's the funny thing I want to say about this. Now, you you mentioned Sundance, and this movie was like a huge rave at Sundance. It was a huge rave, but if you look at where this rave was coming from, it was coming from a bunch of white folks. Uh What I found interesting is the fact that it wasn't really, you know, a lot of us talking about this movie. It was a lot of white folks talking about it. So, you know, they looking at it like, oh, this is revolutionary and everything. Because, you know, they love a good slave movie. Right. But, um, so, but before we, you know, before people got, actually got to see it, you know, we were all, you know, like, whatever. And then we didn't hear about the rape allegations. I was not, once I heard that, I was like, um, no. But then I was super no. Especially when I heard about how he did not want to play a gay character and how that is uh, emasculating and how that's uh, horrible to, to portray a black man as a gay person. I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done with you. I'm totally yeah. done with you. But then he spent almost a year, you know, being kind of an ass about the whole situation. He should have known, anybody knows that the minute you get your 15 minutes of fame, everything you ever done, every time you looked up, um, um, little person porn every time you you know you right. forge a check everything that you ever done is going to come up to roost and he should have been better prepared for this in fact I was told that Oprah told him um, how he needed to handle his press and he turned Oprah down I'm like this is this woman I owns Oprah down. he owns Oprah owns the world but you did I was like anyway you, you turned her down so I think the way he addressed the rape situation the way he addressed the you know the sexuality situation it just turned a lot of people off and that's why nobody wants to see it and second we're most of us are tired of slave movies i am tired right. of us 
going through slavery. Like we know what slavery is about. Can we can we get a movie about us having some joy, having a trip to Paris? I mean, can we get into that type of filmmaking? Because I don't care about slavery stuff, and a lot of us are 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 slave uh, slave fatigue when it comes to this stuff. I guess he thought that you know we had um twelve years a slave and all this other stuff that he can put his two cents in, but it just didn't work. And then they start blaming folks. And then you have Roland Martin. I don't know where he came from saying that. I really can't stand him. Yeah. Talking about how it was about his his white wife. Let's quickly talk about that. It's not about his white wife. Because we were all here for um, um, Luke Cage. And Mike Coulter has a white wife. Yeah, he had to say something about that. But we all watched it. We didn't hold it against him for watching the show. Um, hell, Alfred Wood is married to a white man, I think. <laughs> We're not holding that against right. her. Um, Tracy Ellis Ross is a product of, of, of an interracial relationship. We don't hold that against her. Um, hell, we, we, we love, um, um, Zoe Kravitz is, a uh, is, her whole family is all mixed up. So we ain't hating on these people because of this. That is a lie too. I mean, some people may I'm be really upset hate- about that, but we're not upset about that. I really hate that a lot of black people think that, oh, just because a black person has a white spouse, that fully negates their blackness. Like for me, for example, my partner is white. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of stares, a lot of, oh, what is he, my partner doing with him and vice versa? You know, that type of bullshit, I cannot, I can't tolerate because you don't know what we have to go through yeah. as a part, as a, a couple. Yeah. So that that is an old, tired tripe. Yeah. Uh, so for Roland Martin, first I don't see it for her. I've never seen it for her. Yeah. And the only time I watched his show is when April Rain was on there, yeah. and she had she went to town on him. And I would love it if, because uh, I was seeing her and uh Roland going back and forth a few days ago and I tweeted I was like if he wanted to be about it he should have had her uh Jamie from Black Girl Nerds and Rebecca uh, Film Fatale NYC on Twitter as uh, doing a round table yeah. if he was about that yeah but he was he's not about that so, yeah, I mean, so we did not want to, nobody wanted to see this movie. But guess what? I got, there are screeners out there, and I got to see. So this movie, first of all, let's just be honest. This movie is kind of garbage. Um, it's not, um, it, it, you know, I went in with the thought of, it, okay, so there was a lot of hype about it, so I'm going to see something. This movie was not. It's like it's like a it's like your final project in college. It's like that to me. That's how I looked at it. Um, the way women were depicted in it was ridiculous. The women were depicted as, "Oh, we're so weak. Save us, save us, black man." You know, it was like that type of stuff. It was they used music. They used like the obvious on the nose music. I think there was like a lynching scene, and they used that song about oh, I can't remember. It's not bitter fruit. It's that song. Range fruit. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, all right. Like, it, it's just like, okay, I, you know what, I'm, no. I even, right. I don't think I even finished it. I was like, oh, you know what, I'm out. 
And so I, I, I was glad I got to see that little screener because somebody slipped. That's the beauty of knowing people in the industry. Well, knowing people who know people in this. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> but they get screeners and you get screeners and stuff. But I just felt like, um, I don't know how they got a screener, but they got something. And anyway, I was sitting there like, this is not even what I thought it would be. And then when I look at the reviews, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm, not, well, I'm totally not alone here. So um, it is... To blame black women and to attack black women for this is ridiculous. It goes back again to this foolishness of these ashy Negroes and ashy Larrys jumping out of nowhere saying that we are we're causing all this problems. These are the same ones who blame gays for everything too. So, you know, like skip y'all. I mean, we this movie was broke. Nobody cares for it. It can go away. Um, Nate needs to shut his mouth. He needs to go away because he needs to... This, But you know what? I'm glad he went through this because this is a lesson he needed to learn. He needed to learn this hard-ass lesson. So hopefully right. he'll get his, his mind right and, you know, come back stronger and come back apologizing because he needs to. This woman is dead because of the mess he put her through. He's running around here, look at my movie. And she was like, well, <laughs> damn, but what about what you did to me, you know? And so, right. you know, so th- I think he needed this lesson. This is life lesson, you know, this is karma coming. And he needed to accept that this is what it is. And you know what? It's sad that this had to come in, had come in the midst of his, uh, you know, whatever success. But I also think this is the best thing that could happen to him because he needs to get himself together and realize that he can't be acting like some, some dude bro um, in this whole situation, he should have been more sympathetic, and he should have he should have t- accepted the help that was given to him. Right, and, and also one up before we change subjects. Even when the movie was announced that it was going to set to be released, folks were like, "Oh, it's another slave movie, so I don't want to see it." So, if people were saying that, and then we come to when it's actually re- released and it still doesn't do good, then you can't blame specifically black women women especially when i was reading reports that the main people who saw the movie were black women mm-hmm. i'm like what the fuck are you talking about and you saying that black women tank the movie okay well if that's the case why didn't you go see lupita nyong'o's movie the queen of Katwe? yeah i'm just i'm, I'm really over those those negroes because they are just the worst and I do not have time that's true yeah you you brought up you brought up another good point too if they were all about all that stuff then you know where were they at for this movie why don't they go out there watch this movie right (laughs) why don't they go try to celebrate this movie and speaking of Ashy Negroes so rapper Beanie Siegel (laughs) uh, he's he's got some 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 songs I ain't heard a good song in I so, I think he was I, out in cool. the 90s. I don't know. I was still in college when he was somebody. It's like, right. <laughs> so he was on the, the Breakfast Club, uh, Power 105. That's with uh, Charlemagne, uh, Angela Yee, and D- I forgot the other one, but who cares? Yeah, because he's a mess. Anyway, uh, well, all of them. Well, I actually like Angela. Yeah. Charlemagne is too much. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, he was on there, and he was talking. To, they were, had mentioned something about homosexuality or gay stuff or whatever. And he said, Beanie said that homosexuality shit is at an all time high. It's 
sickening to me. I shouldn't have to explain to my son why two men is, well, I think he meant on, or are, are on primetime television kissing. There's nothing nothing positive or good comes out of that. Mm. Okay, so, Beanie Siegel, here's the tea. That a lot of those niggas that you roll around with have probably got their dick sucked by a gay guy, number one. Number two, it is 2016. I'm going to need you to get information. Because there are gay people. There are still going to be gay people when you die, when your kids die. We, we still going to be in here. Number three, girl, where? when was the last time you released some decent music? Number, Let's just keep it honest. When was the last time you had a, a hit record? <laughs> so I'm going to need him to, you know, shut all the way the fuck up because... He's again loud and wrong, and one of them ashy Larrys. And also, it's I find it funny because, like, you know, this is bad, but I guess the hood life is great for kids to see. He just got beat up. Did he just get knocked out last week or something from this whole Meek Mill mess? Like, he just got knocked out from and jumping into something that probably had nothing to do with him in the first place. He just wanted to be in the midst of something. And I'm like, so that life, that thug, wherever life, thug life, wherever wannabe thug life, hood life, wherever they're still trying to live, and they up here 45 year olds. Uh, <laughs> like, right. Like, that's not a great thing for people to see, too. And, uh, you know, you, please, our life is great for anybody to see because we're just like everybody else. We're humans. So, therefore, who knows? And, and, look, and, and, and let it be known, his son could be gay. He don't know that yet. Right. <laughs> so. And let's keep it honest. Like, the people who probably dress you are gay. The people who probably are your stylists are probably gay. Hell, the, your driver is probably gay. The man who cooks your dinner is probably gay. That taxi driver that you didn't pay, that Uber driver that you didn't pay are, are probably gay. So I don't... I hate that this... And this goes back to one of our earlier topics on an um, earlier podcast when we are talking about masculinity and the black uh black uh community that it's just this oh if anything is just remotely feminine then it's actually it's gay yeah and it, to be gay is to be wrong that's right your shoelaces you know? are gay or <laughs> right oh uh your cuffs only you walking like that you gay yeah. i'm like your cuffs okay. are gay right <laughs> i bet you your I car is gay ass. i know your car is gay and, you know, right this is that old way that I, that hopefully is, is fading out, and I think it is, but it's that old wave of Negro thinking about gay people, and he's still holding on to that. And I'm, I just want to say that, Benny, if you're going to survive in this industry, especially you're trying to be in whatever you, industry you're trying to be in, you're going to have to realize that we are not only in the industry, but we kind of run it in a lot of ways. We keep these people... Well, yeah, we keep these people paid. We keep these people looking great. We keep these people on stage. We we build things up and we tear them down. And you keep talking like this, we will tear you down to the point that you won't be anybody. You won't recognize you on the street. So you just keep on running your mouth. And you need to understand that we we set things in motion. So you just keep on talking and see what happens. <laughs> keep it up. Sure. So our final Miss uh, Aunt May's tea little topic is on Tuesday. Covergirl announced 
that 17-year-old makeup artist, James Charles, is going to serve as the cosmetic line's first male cover girl. All right. And when I tell you Miss Girl is beat, beat to the gods, I said, ooh. Her brows were on, like, beyond fleek. Beyond. She was painted for the back row. Yeah, yeah, I I saw this and I was like, okay, James, I like where you're going with this, and I like the fact that CoverGirl did recognize the fact that I think James has a huge following on social media, um, where I think he does this is this he I think he does tutorials or what have you, and I thought that was really nice. Um, what I would like to see CoverGirl do is also reach out to the trans community, and kind of uh-huh. because they because some of them are tearing it up with this makeup. And I think that they should also reach out to the trans community too to get them, to get somebody up there too because some of them are cover girls and they need to be seen. So I mean, no shade to James. I'm glad they're doing this, but I want them to also reach out to the trans community as well. I think it would be even bigger if they reach out to the trans community. Mm-hmm. Uh, but James, go ahead and get you a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, get these coins together. Uh, right. Make sure they read over that contract. True, but you know, I I love I love this right now. I love this era of where we are. You know, back in the day, these like James would be considered the weirdo and the freak, and you know, the faggot. And now uh-huh. he's being celebrated for his talents and for his creativity and for his, you know, his uniqueness. And I love that. I love that we are now recognizing that and celebrating that and i want you know more of our young people to continue to do these things because you know that's what makes things creative and interesting so yes keep this up and i mean don't do it just be to be recognized by like a big you know industry but do it because it feels right and that's you know that's what i love is when you feel good about being weird then that's great be weird all day let everybody else revel in let them gag on it because they can't take it Show it off, and I'm glad that I'm glad to see this. I'm so glad to see this. I would have loved to see this when I was 17. Right, I think in like this younger generation that is coming up, they're fearless. Like mm-hmm. they don't, they don't really hold any of our uh, kind of inhibitions mm-hmm. on them. So they kind of they have this, like I said, this free reign to do whatever they want to be as quote-unquote as gay as they want and they don't have any kind of they don't want to live by the rules that were set forth to them you know they kind of want to be wild and i i applaud it and we always need some a lot of people to bend the rules mm-hmm. or actually rewrite the rules yeah so i love it i totally love it well, i think we had enough of the tea for today that was a lot of stuff that we're talking about i know I had to brew two pots. <laughs> oh, no, but, but now we get it. We're going to move on to another segment, which is our king size edition or a king size issue. We're going to talk about self care and what we do to kind of, you know, take care of ourselves. Because I think as a community, being both a person of color and being queer, we are hit with so much stuff all the time. And I think it's important for us to have some self-care to know when to you know to to bow out um just to get ourselves together so i you know i i'm curious i I wanted to know nick what what do you like how do you define self-care and what do you do what do you do for self-care 
I define self-care as recharging my battery, so to speak. I I have to, if I get to a certain point where I just, I don't want to be around anybody, I don't want to do anything, I kind of cave in and recharge my batteries. Uh, some things that I do, I love working out, I like running, that's where I'm, even though that I'm around a lot of people, I'm by myself. So I don't have to worry about, oh, I have to do this. Oh, I have to worry about that. Oh, I have to do that. You know, I'm by myself and I can just think. Um, a lot of the times I'll play video games. I like to be immersed in something that's not real. You know, that can detach me from reality. I, I think those, that's why I, I love video games so much because... It makes, I don't have to think about bills. I don't have to think about money. I don't have to think about, you know, all the bullshit of being black and gay that I have to go through on a daily basis. I don't have to deal with work that is just mundane as hell and the people are getting on my nerves. I don't have to think about that at all. Um, Sometimes if I'm just really having it, I'll call my mom. And talking to mom is always always helps me uh mom knows when i'm pissed off she can sense it in my voice she can sense it in my body language uh and sometimes i'll go home just to get away from everybody Mm -hmm. so that that helps being around her because she's such a level-headed person and if i'm you know going if I'm having one of those moments, and she's always the one that could calm me down. Uh, some other things that I do to self to treat myself, or I think I I sleep. <laughs> Honestly, sleeping is good to me. Uh, I can hell, I can go to sleep on this floor right now, and it not be a problem. Uh, I think that's that's helpful. Because that, again, charges, recharges my batteries. Um, I talk to my sisters, too. My sisters help me stay grounded, um, my older and my younger sister, um, especially my older sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that she listens to the podcast. Hey, Melissa. <laughs> um, and she she's like my mom. She's always level-headed. She's always telling me to calm down when I'm at a 10, when I don't need to be at a 10, which is like 95% of the cases. Um, and she's always, if mom's not there to give me that, that, uh, I would say that, um, cool level headed perspective, then she's next in line and rightfully so. Cause she's, you know, my older sister. Yeah. Um, so those, those are what I do to namaste and wusa and all that type of shit. What about you? <laughs> Um, for me, self-care is just realizing that it's time to be myopic and take care of myself. Um, so what I try to do, um, I, I'm kind of old school. I like to drive around. I like to get out um, and just drive around and, and, just, and just get lost in the roads and the music and everything else I'm listening to. Um, and sometimes I talk to myself. I think that's healthy to do. I mean, you, people might think it's crazy, but I think it's healthy to talk to yourself because you're talking out 
everything that you that's in your head. I think it's good to hear it. Um, and I think it's good for you to kind of, you know, be, especially when you're feeling petty and you're feeling like whatever, you just talk it out. Sometimes it's good for you to hear what it sounds like, what you're actually going through to be like, okay, let me get myself together. I just kind of released all this stuff, how I feel about this, how I feel about that. I think it's good to kind of just voice it, voice the the frustrations that you're having. If you can't talk to someone, I think it's great to talk, just talk it out and it's okay. I think that's good for you to kind of figure out what's going on and how to really fix it. Um, I also like to walk. I like to just walk and just kind of, you know, again, find, it helps me clear my, it helps clear my head about things. I know when I was, when I left one of my jobs and um, I spent two months um, unemployed and luckily I saved up a lot of money just for that reason. Um, it was great to walk around to, to calm myself down that eventually things would be okay. Um, and it was nice to kind of figure that and understand what I needed to do. I think it's good to kind of just take some time to just kind of physically do something at the same time you're trying to mentally do something. So just that whole walking around and figuring things out was always calming and soothing. Was when I got home, I felt like, you know, I left all that out in the street. I left all that out in the street because I just walked that street. So it was really good to do that. And also, I like to I like to be creative. I mean, some people know I, I, I like to write. So I would write things. I would just work on some scripts that I put away or work on something, write an article or do something else just to, you know, put my mind in a different mode. Not to run away from whatever's going on, but to actually use that energy to create something else. You know, energy cannot be, I, I, you can't throw it away, whatever that saying is, you can't throw it away, whatever energy. Yeah, so, energy can't can't be destroyed, it can only be yeah. manifested or, you know. Yeah, and so that's whatever. what I do. I manifest it in something different. I, I take that and move it on to something else because I feel like that that's good to use that, use that rage, use that anger, use all of that because as I said before, when you look at what's going on, and also, again, when you are a person of color who is gay, there's just a queer, there's a lot of stuff coming at you. And I think sometimes you have to, I don't like to run away from things. And that's why I don't really drink so much or I don't, um, I don't do, you know, any type of recreational drugs or anything. I feel like I was raised to believe you face it head on and you deal with it. You can't use those things to just kind of back down. Now, I mean, if you do, that's great, everybody. I mean, for, for me... I, I like that rush of let me face this head on. Let me mm-hmm. deal with this and, and embrace myself in this emotion so I know what this emotion feels like and how to deal with it. And even though I will still go through the same thing, like jealousy, jealousy, I'm Lord. I'm the worst when it comes to jealousy, but I would deal with it because it helps me understand myself and accept those things about myself and that's how I kind of I believe get better because I'm like I know this is who I am I know I do this so this is what I need to do to not keep walking in the same path Um, I think it's important for us especially people of color to really to really get yourself into self-care to really take that time to kind of you know break away from what's going on and try to figure out how to use the energy for something else, how to um, keep going. Because I think that we we endure so much. 
we don't know what to do with all of that when it gets too much. And I think we need to, you know, find a therapist, find somebody to talk to. Um, if you need to take medication, you need to do that. Do these things that will get you back on track. Don't let it pin you up. I think as, again, people of color, we do that quite often and we don't know how to say, you know what, I need to take care of myself right now. One of the things I remember, <laughs> if if anybody is a girlfriend's fan, um, there was when Joan and Tony was having it out. And, um, Which time? The first time? The, I think it was the first time. And Joan kicked her out and said, I need, I can't worry about you. I have to save myself. Yeah. And, and that was a great moment because that's something that we need to say sometimes. Like, I need to save myself. I'm trying to save everybody else. I'm trying to keep my family together. I'm trying to keep this man happy. I'm trying to keep this girl happy. I'm trying to keep, uh, well, some people both happy. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to do all these things, but I don't know how to save myself. And I think you have to say sometimes, I need to save myself. I Sometimes I do. I have said that to myself. Like, I need to save myself. I need to get myself back on track. I need to get back into what what I know and get... Yeah, it's like it's like when um, if a plane is... If, the, uh, if you're on an airplane and the oxygen mask come down, they always say, save yourself before mm-hmm. you try to help anybody else. Yeah. So it's just another kind of iteration mm-hmm. or of this and I, I think especially for black people and people of uh, queer people of color like if you need to speak to a professional I mean I've I've been in therapy uh, since I think December mm-hmm. and this is not the first time I've been in therapy mm-hmm. and therapy helps and I think there's still a stigma that oh only white people do therapy or mm-hmm. only white people do medication or, you know, get some kind of uh, assistance that way. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the, the case. And there's a stigma that, oh, you just got to pray pray about it. Uh, uh, talk to God. He'll get it. Which is true. Some people look to religion as such, but not everybody is a religious person. For me especially, I... Yes, I do pray, but I pray more to the universe instead of a specific person. Mm-hmm. And if that is not, because I want to kind of hit it off on all paths. So I'll pray occasionally. I go to therapy a couple times uh, a month. And, you know, I try to hit it from all sides. And a lot of people don't want to realize that there's an issue. And, you know, you can't. If nobody realizes there is an issue where you can't help them. So it's just I think a lot of people, especially a lot of queer people of color, if they need professional treatment, there are avenues out mm-hmm. there to get it. Yeah. And I think that that's OK. Again, if you need somebody to if you need treatment, don't be ashamed of that. that it's good to get yourself back on track. And like I said, it's always good to talk it out. I think when you talk it out. It helps you kind of figure out some, you know, next next steps. I think it's important to be selfish sometimes. I think it's important to log off, leave the leave the internet. Cause sometimes the internet can be too much. I think it's Listen. okay to let it go because we can because we can be on there for a lot. I know we're on there a lot, and we will always want to participate in, in discussions and arguments and what have you. But sometimes when you step away from it, you just feel like you know what. I'm good. I said what I needed to say because I think sometimes we say too much, and I think you can say a couple of things, and you and then I think when you look at yourself, like I said this, I'm gonna leave this for a couple of hours. 
Mm-hmm. In fact, I think a lot of us need to back away. Not when you go to bed, because somebody told me, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not on social media when I go to sleep. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I think there's times where it's like, you know, take an hour or two to just step away mm-hmm. and see how that feels. And I think it's neat. I know when I go to the movies, you know, you got some of these idiots who likes to look at social media while they're in the movie. I'm like, nope, this is my time away from it. Whatever's happening, I'll see when I get there and I'll jump in if I need to. But I think it's right. good for us to kind of break away from it. And I also think it's fun to just be silly, just to go and, you know, color or, you know, mm-hmm. get on a, a ride or go to the pool or just do something that you did when you were a kid. You know, something that kind of that breaks you away from the norm of your regular life to something where it's like, you know, I'm going to do this crazy thing today. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, see, now they have those adult coloring books, so. Yeah, I saw that. And yes, I think when we're talking about unplugging, especially from social media, like well, last weekend I had it, uh, had to go to a coronation out of state mm-hmm. and my partner was like, okay, so we're going to be around a lot of people. So can you like hold it on the Twitter? And I was like, okay, that was shade. Number one, <laughs> number, two, <laughs> number two, okay, I guess I can. And you know, after it is, a pain in the ass trying to unplug yourself from something that you have access to just in your, your pocket. Mm-hmm. So once I started unplugging myself and it started the you know, the hours kind of rolled by, it got easier. And Sunday when I got back on, it felt like I was going on for so long Yeah. that I was only, I was only going for like a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you have to have that time to unplug. Otherwise, it's going to feel like you, you can't breathe. And that's a scary feeling, especially when you don't even know what's the ailment. Yeah, I've had that happen. Like, you've had all of these bombardments and these reactions and all this noise that you just have to, you just have to let it go. Yeah. And you have to, you have to do that self-care. And whatever that is, you have to figure that out. Yeah. Nobody can figure it out unless for you. That's true. And, you know, it's like I said, it's, I, I think it's a healthy thing to do. I think it's it's good to do. It's good to distract yourself doing other things. Like sometimes I, I find myself cleaning up, you know, my closet or you know, cleaning out things that I've just been, I've let grow, grow to be a mess, and I do that, and it helps me clear my head, too, and it's kind of that self-care of you're handling business. It's like the little things, but sometimes the little things of handling business means a lot. It makes you want to do more. So, right. you know, it's just so, I think there's a lot of ways you can get yourself into self-care, and I think when you start small, it gets bigger for you in a good way. So, you know, people, when it gets too rough, you know, go Go home, pull out some old comics. That's another thing I do. I pull out old comics or my graphic novels and read some of the best storylines I remember when I was younger. Just something to escape what's going on, to do that. Or watch one of these crazy movies that no one else likes but you. Do these things to kind of get yourself back on track because we know it's tough. We know it's it's not easy being in this world today. But I think what we have to do is you know we just have to get ourselves set right and then come back into it because the neat thing about being a person of color and being queer having both of these um 
having both of these these character these character traits or these traits is um we are resilient people and we've learned to be resilient people because of it and i think that when we recognize that we can always bounce back always look at it like i'm always going to bounce back my family has always bounced back i'll bounce back but we got to make sure that we are we're we're keeping ourselves at a good place to bounce back so we do need to take care of ourselves we do need to be present we do need to be um aware of of the things we need to do to make ourselves better and do those things exactly and you mentioned about um you know cleaning and whatnot i know for me like if i i was going through my closet and going out taking out a lot of stuff that i don't even wear anymore Mm -hmm. taking out a lot of the shoes that i don't wear anymore and that if you don't know where to start that might be a starting point Mm -hmm. um taking out the clutter because if you if your house is cluttered then you know you can't really think about oh i have to do this that to self to help myself you know in a self-care aspect but if you know you try to get your house in order physically Mm -hmm. then that could be a good starting point for a lot of people yeah i agree yeah that was a good topic. I think a lot of people need some self care. Yeah. I Especially really with everything that's going on and it's just it's sometimes it's just too much. It is. But I do like the fact that when you do recognize what you need to do and you come back in it, you feel better. It's like you because you realize you did something for yourself. You did something to keep your to save yourself. Basically, you did those things, and I think that that's something you have to keep in mind when you're in when you're in the middle of all this is to really, you know, keep yourself keep yourself at the forefront because at the end of the day, you're gonna be the one who saves you. There is and, no and give yourself credit. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Give yourself credit for the stuff that you were doing well. Give yourself credit for being who you are. Give yourself credit for being creative. And being a, a great person, being a loving person, even give yourself for being petty, because at least that's showing that you have that you're that you're human, that you make mistakes, and you have human emotions. Because sometimes we like to think that we're too we're we're too rough and tough to feel this way. But I think sometimes when you let your hair down and you feel a little petty, you feel a little jealous, it reminds you you are human and you make mistakes and you can you can learn from them. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I think that's it for us this week. Um, again, sorry that we were late, but you have this great podcast to you all weekend. And now, you know, we should talk about Drag Race before we wrap up. Oh, that's right. Because that's right. It was like the big closeout. So this, and... is gonna be real, this is going to be really quick because <laughs> I'm a little bit bitter. Okay. So we actually got two episodes to uh, recap. So I'm going to make this quick. <laughs> so... Last week, they had a challenge. You know, I I don't even care anymore about the challenge. <laughs> what I care about is Alaska doing these temper tantrums. She didn't do well in the challenge. So she's like, oh, I, uh, I fucked up. I deserve to be in the top four. Yada, yada, yada. Okay, sweetie, let's get something straight. The only thing that you deserve is to pay those taxes. That's what the only thing you deserve. Um, and that's it. You don't deserve really anything, no matter how big you think your name is. 
So she does this whole temper tantrum, and they get to the bottom two. The bottom two were uh, Roxy Andrews and Alyssa Edwards. So Detox ends up sending, well, mind you, Roxy has been in the bottom two mm-hmm. more times than I could count. So Detox ends up sending Alyssa home, of all people. I'm like, okay, so why would you send her home if you were doing this alleged pact that happened? And I still can't find when that happened. You send out, you send her home instead of the person who needed to be sent home five episodes ago. Okay, whatever. So they go to yesterday's episode. They have to do a dance challenge, a dance routine whatever and detox not detox but alaska makes this comment oh i'm the best uh drag queen that's ever came through paul's drag race okay honey if that's the case then shouldn't you have won your season (laughs) why why are you still here for redemption if we're gonna keep it 100 (laughs) so when it's all said and done alaska ends up winning so I'm like, okay, it was, it felt like it was edited from the start. And I'm not saying that the editing made Alaska look bad per se. I'm saying the editing had her win set up. Mm-hmm. So if you like go back through the season, a lot of it was geared towards her. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of tired of the producer there's a i know there's a difference there's editing that has to be done in these so-called reality shows however when you over edit which a lot of people have complained about rupaul's drag race over the the few recent seasons if you over edit it then it kind of takes the fun out of it mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like well it's just a lot i, I don't understand even though she was good she was killing the challenges, mm-hmm. but that little, that temper tantrum, and when, even, let me back up, when they sent Alyssa home, RuPaul was gagged, because she, I think RuPaul even kind of thought that Alyssa was going to make it through the top four, but mm-hmm. no, she didn't, and I'm like, okay, that's, it was just a lot of shadiness that, that I was given the side eye. I was given a deep side eye too. Yeah. So we're going to have this reunion and they're going to have to come out with it because I don't it's going to be a little interesting. Mm-mm. But yeah Alaska won and and you should have saw what she came out with. Like the season the end when they had to put their best glam. Yeah I saw it. <laughs> yeah, I was like okay that is very pedestrian. And what Katia wore I swear that Steven Mizell would have shot that in Italia, Vogue Italia. Mm. What she wore was sick. What Detox wore was sick. Roxy, uh, it was okay. I mean, it was Roxy. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being shady. I'm being a lady. But Katia, I believe, in my opinion, should have won. Yeah. Either Katia or Detox. I thought Detox... 
probably should have won. Like I caught some some last minute pieces, and going by you know people were saying on and people are mad also. People are mad. People are really mad about how this went right. down, and I wonder if Rue. This might be the last time they do this. I don't know. They probably get the ratings and see what happens first, but it, it just seems so messy, and no one seems to be pleased with this season. So, right, and I'm not like so pissed off like some of these other fans are. Mm-hmm. I'm just okay. I was pissed off, but I got other things to do because I'm a grown ass man, <laughs> and I see drag every damn minute so i'm not and like to me being on rupaul's drag race is not the epitome or the it's not that what i see every day yeah but yeah thank god this season is over this all-star season so we can get back to like the real the real tea and get some new girls up in through here yeah i think there's they need to get some new folks in there yes stat Oh Lord! Well, again, everybody. The, now we're done. <laughs> now we have now all the stuff done. we talked about, and the thing is, we still got more to talk about, and they'll be put in next week because there's still a lot going on, and, and who knows about this time? Who knows how many more women is gonna come out against Donald Trump? But then how? Well, hell, we may know more about um, Justice League. We may know about some, new, and there's some new comics coming out. We're going to start a new segment next week where we're going to talk about some of the comics that I'm reading. I'm the comic reader. And so, yeah, therefore, yeah, I, the comic I'm the comic reader. <laughs> there's some interesting stuff coming out. We'll have The World on Wakanda coming out soon. We also have a new comic book about the Amazons um, uh-huh. in Wonder Woman's world, which is led by a black woman. So, we're so excited to, to, to know more about that. So, um, thank y'all for sticking with us. Um, this is our 20th show. So we are. Really? Yeah, wow. it's 20. It's 20 of us. So we are. We've been doing this for a little bit. This is our 20th show. Um, I want to, you know, thank for those who've given us. We got a review on iTunes. Which I was very happy. Someone really loves us, and I really appreciate that. And I also want to give, you know, some shout outs to people who have, you know, talked to us on Twitter and talk about how we are, you know, we're good for their mental health. You know, we're doing something for people, and right. we appreciate that. I was that. about to do that same shout-out. Um, I want to shout-out his actual name. It's uh, Mr. Zorn. Yeah. At uh, Mr. Zorn. And he said that, uh, quote, I really, I don't know y'all personally, but I appreciate what y'all do for my mental health. And honestly, from the bottom of both of our hearts, that really, that touched me because I was having a down day mm-hmm. that day. I was like, wow. I mean, if one person likes what we do, then I, I think that our work is done. Yeah, and, and we also have people who are, you know, fierce about making sure they retweet and they put our stuff up there and they follow us and they're excited about us. And, I, and you know, I don't, I don't think we do this. To, we don't, it's not about being stars. It's not about being, you know, picked up by bigger labels and whatever. We're doing this because we felt like there was a place for us to do it, and and I I think that people enjoy that, and I love that people are following us and listening to us. Uh, I like that we get new listeners. I like when I see SoundCloud, you got a new listener. I like that people are following and looking forward to what we have to offer. So, but we're doing this for y'all. We it's not about our ego. I mean, my ego is already big enough, but um, it's just good that you know people are listening and tuning in because this is this is for you. So, you know, we'll keep going and keep doing this. Right. Um, 
And, you know, again, thank y'all for listening and telling us how we we help you. And, you know, because that's good. That's good to know. That's good to know that we're doing something that's good for people. Um, Yeah. So you can follow us, uh, Megashane Pod or Megashane on Twitter. You can follow me at Porter Pizzazz or Victor at Wonderman5. Go to our website, themegashane.com. Follow us on uh, on Facebook at The Megashane and subscribe to us, rate, comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Um, any last words? Let's see, any last words? Yes, if you are seeing someone and you don't talk about that person and if you don't, and somebody asks you how's it going and you don't answer it, maybe you know that's not for you. Just saying. And this is to uh, Mr. Lewis Tan. Anytime that you want to come to our uh, little podcast, you are more than welcome. You can bring you and your abs. Yes, you can. <laughs> and we're going to keep it clean. We'll leave it right there. <laughs> right there. Take care, y'all. Bye, y'all.